Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Welcome back to Bring on the Weird. You're Elijah. That's me. You're Will. That's me. All right. Always reminding each other yep. of our names. <laughs> so this one is going to be the last uh, creepy story type one in October. And it's going to be the last one that is part of the the regular feed. Now we're going to throw these into the Patreon exclusives. Yeah, but they won't be scary stories anymore. They're going to be... Other topics, right? Yeah. Like odd, odd things we find. Yeah. More like the a little of this, a little of that sort of thing. Yeah. It might have direction. It might not. But I think what I want to do, we we didn't even discuss it. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are discussing it now. I think I want to continue the numbering and just make the exclusive ones part of the numbering too. So the Patreon exclusive ones are still going to be they're going to be the odd numbered ones and then the even numbered ones that come out on Monday ad supported what okay, do you think I see. what do you think yeah that's fine <laughs> i mean it's just numbers yeah and then people will be like hold up where'd 21 go yeah. got to pay for it buddy <laughs> <laughs> but it's not it's not just going to be they got to pay for it they'll they'll get plenty of stuff too it's going to be ad free these episodes are going to still be on Fridays but the main episodes are going to be ad free also a day early. So you get Friday right. and Sunday episodes. Yeah, that's a good deal, man. <laughs> I think so. And that's the five dollar tier. So for five bucks, two ad free episodes. Well, per week. So five bucks, they're gonna end up with eight ad free episodes that yeah, month. Yeah, do. That's right. For only five bucks, guys. Five bucks a month. That's it. Dollar's gonna get you a shout out. Five bucks is gonna get you the two no two ad free episodes per week. So eight ad free episodes in the month. Depending on how the week falls, it could be eight, nine, ten. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to give a hundred, oh give a hundred. Oh, why not? I'd be fine. <laughs> They'd be totally fine. All right. What do you think? Should we get into this wild story? They're crazy, man. It's it's an urban legend. Maybe. Kinda. But I was listening to David Weatherly. He was on a podcast, and this guy is all about this topic. He wrote a he wrote a book about it, and he went into deep folklore about it. Supposedly, this goes beyond these a handful of accounts that we have. It goes deep into Native American folklore. Really? <laughs> right. The thing I saw said they've been around since '96. Yeah, right. Exactly. But huh. this guy claims that they've been around for much, much longer. Okay. Well, um, you know, 
I'm not a historian. I can't <laughs> argue right. with them. But we're I don't think we're gonna get into the history of all of them. We're gonna Nah. We're gonna get into these few accounts. We haven't even said what it is, but you know, like always, it's already in the title. So you already know what it is. You know. <laughs> what we don't know is what you're drinking tonight. Well, I went with a sour monkey again. I've had a bit of a sore throat, so I figured something with a little higher content might help me power through the sore throat Ooh, there a little you go. better. Maybe you should have gone with something with even more content. Like what? My wife made a special trip to uh, one town over. Actually, was on her way home, sort of, but my wonderful wife stopped and got me some peach Jim Beam. And I just got some peach Jim Beam on the rocks. Wow. That's it's a tasty. full glass. Yeah, bro. That's good stuff. <laughs> Some people do two fingers, three fingers. This guy did a fist. <laughs> That's five fingers worth. <laughs> hey, five finger discount. Look out. <clears throat> what are you going to talk about? These creepy kids, man. Yep. You got black eyes. I know. Totally black eyes. Like the entire the entire eye is filled with people. Yeah. Totally black. The sclera, the white part, nope. There's no white. There's no color. Blackness. Now, what what did you find? Because I found it a couple different ways, but I think it's more black-eyed kids than it is black-eyed children. Oh, you, you mean like age-wise? No, I mean how they're generally referred to. Well, I'm looking at black-eyed children right now. Okay. But I think it's black-eyed kids because I think the... Like, the abbreviation is B-E-K's. Right. Bex. Yeah. So. Which I, I was listening to a podcast. I'm like, huh, maybe I, maybe I should pick up some Bex for this episode. <laughs> nah. No? <laughs> nah. No. I don't think I've ever actually had Bex. Have you? I've seen it, <laughs> but I've never consumed it. No. I feel like, which I'm not knocking it, because that's kind of the beer I started with. I bet it's on par with Rolling Rock, if I could hazard a guess. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. It's not the funnest beer to drink, but that's where I started, so. I just started with whatever I could afford, <laughs> you know. <laughs> then I was, I was way back a, in the day. I was on a Miller-like kick for a long, a long time, but now I'm classy. Now yeah. I have IPAs. Yeah, craft beer, whiskeys. Yeah. yeah, fancy. Yeah, I don't think you've had anything besides beer. No, you had... Less than a beer, but I don't think you've ever had anything more than a beer since we've been doing the podcast. Nope. No liquors, no spirits of any kind. Nope. I'm I'm either beer or usually straight whiskey. There you go. What kind I of like whiskey? a scotch or something, but it's rare. So I don't know. I like my beer. Yeah, it's fine. Now these black eyed kids, what kind of spirits? I'm talking about spirits. These are different kinds of spirits. They're not exactly spirited. Little guys and gals. They're polite. They're tall in height? Polite. Oh, they are something. I've seen that they're polite. They're always asking, can we come in? Can we please come in? Can we use your phone? Yeah. We need to speak with our mother. Yeah, but then you get a look at them. Yeah, so it says for a physical description. Yeah. They're usually pale with light-colored hair. They usually have modern clothes on, although some people say that they have, like, old-fashioned or Mennonite clothes. Uh, They might wear sunglasses or grow long bangs to conceal their eyes. What? Really? I didn't see that. 
Yeah, it says they usually travel in pairs, which doubles their ability to intimidate their victims. They can be boys or girls, ranging from 6 to 16 years old, and usually one child in a pair is several years older than the other. Huh. Yeah. But some people say that it's not just a solid black eye. I think it's, most of most of what I've seen, the accounts have happened at night. Most. Yeah. But some people say it looks like a hole where the eye should be. Oh. So yeah. it's just a void. Yeah. Oh, no. Which, that's... I don't know which one's scarier, to be honest with you. An eyeball that's all black or no eyes? Like, If there's no kind of reflection, then it just looks dead. Yeah. Right? Just this eyeless being coming up and looking directly at you with their eyelessness. Yeah, well, I mean, they usually try to hide that. They usually, you know, like it says, they usually have their bangs kind of long or they'll, like, talk to you kind of with their head down a little bit because they don't want you to see. I'm trying to be slick about it. Because they're vampires. <laughs> <laughs> that that Actually, that is a thought between is it? people, yeah. Because, so, you know, I don't know if it, I don't know how common it is or if it's just common because I know all these weird things about weird stuff. A vampire cannot come in your house unless you invite them in your house. Right. Yeah. So this is the same thing people will say. Like the kids, they ask for permission. And if you bang. don't give them permission, they leave. They'll keep, they'll be persistent. Like they'll knock for a little while, maybe tap on your windows. Ding, 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 ding. But they'll eventually they'll leave. Yeah. They won't barge in. No. But that's similar to a vampire. Who you have to invite in. Yeah, they won't just come in. But they don't, the people that have met them on the street, they don't, they haven't been physical with them though, right? That I've seen. The kids? The right. children? Yeah. Whatever, what are we calling them? Kids? BEKs? We'll call them BEKs. Whatever, whatever feels good in the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't think they, I don't think they're, they've ever been physical in the accounts that, you know, I've read. So they're like psychic vampires. I mean, yes. They, they come at you and you, then you just feel this immense, like the shadow people, you feel this dread and you feel this, like, what the F is going on mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. So like psychic vampires. Are they, okay. did you read anywhere? Cause they, to me, they are so similar to the shadow people in that sense. Are they a manifestation of shadow people? You know, I didn't think of that until literally you're saying it. <laughs> it's possible. Maybe they are the physical manifestation of a shadow person. That makes them worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so they're, they're maybe, a manif- not. maybe not because the shadow people are what? Six to seven feet tall. Yeah. These are like six to 16 year old. So they, I don't know a lot of six year olds that are six feet tall. No. So they're shadow people larva. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're not related. They're just wearing the skin of people, of kids. Oh. <laughs> like, what's his name from Men in Black? Uh, <laughs> more sugar. <laughs> That's the guy. What's his name? Edward? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Man, it's been so long. I, I had Men in Black on tape. Oh, yeah, me too. VHS. Yeah. Some people listening to this might not know what a VHS is. Can you believe that? Oh, man. We're getting there. We're getting to that generation. It's possible some of them don't know what a CD is. Oof. My kids aren't going to grow up like that. I still use CDs. Oh. But, I mean, they... Let me think about it. The first one, we had, we still had a VCR and tapes. Second one, we I think we probably had more DVDs than tapes. 
and tapes were gone by the third one. And by the fourth one, I think we were mostly digital. Yeah. No, nah, maybe not quite, because we still had movies in the car. Still had to take DVDs in the car. I don't even buy physical video games anymore. <laughs> no. It's all it's coming to... Maybe we'll get into that some other time. Yeah. We got yeah, some, we're getting I, all... I got some thoughts on that, but maybe we'll get into that some other time. <laughs> do you want to read this, um, the account from Brian Bethel, or do you want me to read it? No, you can read it. Okay. We may not have the same one, because I think I found it on a couple of different websites. But anyway... The story goes from Brian Bethel. This is this was in 1996, and for some reason, that's not in the beginning of the story here. I don't really know what I'd call this story if I was submitting it for publication in Fate or something of its ilk. Brian vs. the Evil, Black-Eyed, possibly vampiric or demonic, but at least not bloody normal kids. Doesn't have much of a ring to it, but that's at least an accurate title. As so many things do, it all started out innocently. My internet service provider used to have offices in a shopping center before they moved to their comparatively lush accommodations elsewhere. There was a drop box at the original location. The monthly bill was due, and thus there, but for the grace of the net, I went. It was about 9.30 p.m. when I left. From my relative isolated apartments, it was about 10 to 15 minutes or so to downtown. Abilene has a population of about 110,000. So this was Abilene, Texas, 1996. Mm. Right next to the Camelot Communications old location is a $1.50 movie theater. At the time, the place was featuring that masterwork of modern film, Mortal Kombat. I drove by the theater on the way into the center proper and pulled into an empty parking space. Using the glow of the marquee to write out my check, I was startled to hear a knock on the driver's side window of my car. I looked over and saw two children staring at me from, from the street. I need to describe them. With the one feature, you can guess what it is, that I didn't realize until about halfway through the conversation clearly omitted. Cleverly omitted. Both appeared to be that semi-mystical stage of life children of life children get into where you can't exactly tell their age. Both were boys, and my initial impression is that they were somewhere between 10 to 14. Boy number one was a spokesperson. Boy number two didn't speak during the entire conversation, at least not in words. Boy number one was slightly taller than his companion, wearing a full, uh, wearing a pullover hooded shirt with a sort of gray checked pattern and jeans. I couldn't see his shoes. His skin was olive colored and had curly, medium length brown hair. He exuded an air of quiet confidence. Boy number two had pale skin with a trace of freckles. His primary characteristics seemed to be looking around nervously. He was dressed in a similar manner to his companion, but his pullover was a light green color. His hair was a sort of pale orange. They didn't appear to be related, at least directly. Oh, great, I thought. They're going to hit me up for money. And then the air changed. I explained this before, but for the benefit of new lurkers out there, right before I experience something strange, there's a change in perception that comes about, when I, which I describe in the above manner. It's basically enough time to know it's too late. So there I was, filling out a check in my car, which was still running, and in a sudden panic over the appearance of two little boys. I was confused, but an overwhelming sense of fear and unearthliness rushed in nonetheless. The spokesman smiled, and the sight, for some inexplicable reason, chilled my blood. I could feel fight-or-flight responses kicking in. Something I knew instinctually was not right, but I didn't know what it could possibly be. I rolled down the window very, very slightly and asked, Yes? The spokesman smiled again, broader this time. His teeth were very, very white. Hey, mister, what's up? We have a problem, he said. His voice was that of a young man, but his diction was quite calm and something I still couldn't put my finger on. Made my desire to flee even greater. 
You see, my friend and I, I went to see the films, but we forgot our money, he continued. We need to go to our house to get it. Want to help us out? Okay. Journalists are required to talk to lots of people, and that includes children. I've seen and spoken to lots of them. Here's how that usually goes. Uh, uh mister, can I see that camera? I, I, I won't break it or anything, I promise. My dad has a camera, and he lets me hold it sometimes, I guess. And I took a picture of my dog. It wasn't very good, because I got my finger in the way, and... And then some feet shuffling, and there's some body swaying, and you've got a typical kid talking to a stranger. In short, they're usually apologetic. People generally teach children that when they talk to adults, they're usually bothering them for one reason or another, and they should at least be polite. This kid was in no way fitting the mold. His command of language was incredible, and he showed no signs of fear. He spoke as if my help was a foregone conclusion. When he grinned, it was as if he was trying to say, I know something, and you're not going to like it. But the only way you're going to find out what it is will be to do what I say. Uh, well, was the best reply I could offer. Now here's where it starts to get strange. A quiet companion looked at the spokesman with a mixture of confusion and guilt on his face. He seemed in some ways shocked, not with his friend's brusque manner, but that I, but that I didn't just immediately open the door. He eyed me nervously. The spokesman seemed a bit perturbed, too. I still was registering something wrong with both. Come on, mister, the spokesman said again. Smooth as silk. Car salesman could learn something from this kid. Now, we just want to go to our house, and we're just two little boys. That really scared me. Something in the tone and diction again set off alarm bells. My mind was frantically trying to process what it was perceiving about the two figures that was wrong. Uh, um, was all I could manage. I felt myself digging my fingernails into the steering wheel. What movie were you going to see? I asked finally. Mortal Kombat, of course, the spokesman said. The silent one nodded in affirmation, standing a few paces behind. Oh, I said. I stole a quick glance at the marquee and at the clock in my car. Mortal Kombat had been playing for an hour, the last showing of the evening. The silent one looked increasingly nervous. I think he saw my glances and suspected that I might be detecting something was not above board. Come on, mister. Let us in. We can't get in your car until you do, you know, the spokesman said soothingly. Just let us in and we'll be gone before you know it. We'll go to our mother's house. We locked eyes. To my horror, I realized my hand had strayed toward the door lock, which was engaged, and I was in the process of opening it. I pulled it away, probably a bit too violently, but it did force me to look away from the children. I turned back. Uh, I offered weakly, and then my mind snapped into sharp focus. For the first time, I noticed their eyes. They were coal black, no pupil, no iris, just two staring orbs reflecting the red and white light of the marquee. At that point, I know my expression betrayed me. The silent one had a look of horror on his face and a combination that seemed to indicate A, the impossible had just happened, and B, we've been found out. The spokesman, on the other hand, wore a mask of anger. His eyes glittered brightly in the half-light. Come on, mister, he said. We won't hurt you. You have to let us in. We don't have a gun. That last statement scared the living hell out of me because at that point, by his tone, he was plainly saying... We don't need a gun. He noticed my hand shooting down toward the gear shift. The spokesman's final words contained an anger that was complete and whole, and it contained, in some respects, a tone of panic. We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. I ripped the car into reverse. Thank goodness no one was coming up behind me and tore out of the parking lot. I noticed the boys in my peripheral vision, and I stole a quick glance back. They were gone. The sidewalk by the theater was deserted. I drove home in a heightened state of panic. 
Had anyone attempted to stop me, I would have run on through and faced the consequences later. I bolted into my house, scanning all around, including the sky. What did I see? Maybe nothing more than some kids looking for a ride. And some really funky contacts. Yeah, right. A friend suggested they were vampires. What with the old let us in bit and my compelled response to open the door. That and the we'll go see our mother thing. Still not sure what they were, but here's an epilogue I find chilling. I talk uh, talk about Chad a lot. Uh, I think well, that's the end of the story. That's the end of his account. So he, he go, he's going into something else now. So that's yeah, that's crazy. I didn't realize your story was going to involve all the vampire stuff. <laughs> I didn't either. I, I, was like, I, I read over it before, but I don't know where I got this version of it. Oh, well, yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> so these kids are creepy. Uh, yeah. But still, they they had to ask permission to even get in the car. I don't know if vampires do the car thing. I don't know. But yeah, I mean... Why? Why? Yeah, if they're so evil and so malevolent, why do they need permission? It's a very, very good question. Why? Like, like if I was a vampire... I, I do I'm what I want. I'm asking. I'm, go- I'm walking right in. I'm... Kicking the door down. <laughs> Did you ever watch the Vampire Diaries? No. They just could not walk through the doorway. Like there was an invisible wall. There's an invisible force keeping oh. them from going in. I'd use that as an example. You can't get into like the abode. Oh. And it doesn't. I don't think that was ever clarified for vehicles though. Pretty sure they could just whip in any vehicle, rip the door off, climb through the roof, whatever. You know, vampire stuff. They don't care about car or property. I mean, they shouldn't care about. The home, either. <laughs> I know. I mean, what about the home is stopping them from walking right in? I don't know. Witches? Maybe. They're afraid of witches? I don't know. They're bespelled. Every house has a witch in the basement? That, well, it's the insulation. Oh. It's all made with garlic. <laughs> it all has now, a little bit of Now garlic. we're getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Because you have silverware in your house. Ah, see? That's why the werewolves don't come in. That's right. <laughs> we're figuring all this stuff out right here. I just saw a meme last night that said, why do you have to use silver bullets to kill a werewolf? Can't you just use chocolate? Oh, because of the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, chocolate would be cheaper. Yeah, why not? Start hurling chocolate at him. Yeah. You want a s'more? (laughs) Yes! (laughs) You gotta put it in, like, a thing of cheese so they don't know what's in there. (laughs) Like a pill. s'more. <laughs> yeah, like you you give the oh. dog a pill. Yeah, you gotta roll it up in cheese and give it to him. Mmm, cheesy Hershey bar. Yeah. <laughs> Most people don't let these kids in though, so you no. don't get a lot of stories of people getting. I mean, there's only one that I saw of somebody letting them in. That old couple. Yeah, but I figure we could talk about that after the break. Or do yeah. you? Want... Yeah, I think we could do that. Should I? Run through this one quick account before we do a break? Yeah, I think I'm taking maybe two accounts per side of the break. Okay. So the weird thing about this one, it goes back to 1950 in Virginia. See? Yeah. So uh, and it concerns a 16-year-old boy known only as Harold. But according to the story, which was researched and investigated by David Weatherly. Yeah, see, that's the guy. Yeah. The teenager was walking home one afternoon when he came across another boy leaning against a fence, as if waiting for someone. Harold attempted to speak to him, but received no response. He was about to walk off and go on with his journey 
when a strange boy suddenly stated to Harold, I want to go to your house. You're going to walk me up to your house. It was then that Harold noticed the blackness of the boy's eyes. There was no white, just solid black. Then something even stranger and more chilling happened. Harold had begun to contemplate turning and running home as fast as he could when the boy blurted out, Now, don't you run from me. You're going to walk me up to your house. Harold turned and ran away faster than his legs had ever carried him before. He later recalled to his parents that as he did so, he heard a scream behind him, a scream that sounded very similar to that of a bobcat. Interestingly, his parents believed their son's account so much, so much so that his father was said to have grabbed his gun and immediately gone out looking for the menacing boy who had demanding, demanded his son take him to their family home. His mother apparently thought her son had an encounter with the devil himself and stated that she should take him or she would take him to see the local priests. So that's, that's that one. Like mom and dad were on top of it. They're yeah. like, oh shit, we know what this is. But like the dad like just grabbed his gun and went out looking for a boy. That seems a little extreme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If my son came home and described that, I might grab a gun too and go out and be like, just in case. You never know. <laughs> then this boy wanted to come in the house, but I told him no, and I started running, and all of a sudden he started screaming at me. Like a bobcat. His mom's like, oh, lordy, it's a devil. Oh. <laughs> and the dad's like, where's he at, son? I'm going to go kill this little bastard. Yeah, so, I mean, so they don't get physical, but they do get very, uh, they'll be very verbally confrontational, you know? Right. So they're just... They'll yell at you, and they'll be very aggressive, persistent. Super persistent. And so that means, like, they're trying to persuade you by aggression? It it almost comes off to me not – they're not being aggressive intentionally. It sounds like they're being desperate. Let us in. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're coming off aggressive, but it's because they're so desperate to get in your house and, I don't know, eat all your PB&Js. <laughs> and that's why – uh a gentle, kindly, old couple let them in in a snowstorm. It was a snowstorm, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. All right. Well, let's take a break, and we'll get into that. Yeah, that's a weird one. I'm back. Are you back? I'm back. I, somebody knocked on the doors. These two kids I had to go see what they wanted. And? Well, they each only had one all-black eye. The other one was all white. That sounds like a fight. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what... I let them in. Huh. I figured they were only half bad. <laughs> yeah. So then that means later on down the road, you're only going to lose one of your internal organs out of a pair. Oh, out of a pair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, because no. I was thinking, come on, spleen, come on, appendix, <laughs> something like that, something you don't really need. <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's the worst uh, game of roulette ever. Come on, daddy needs a, to get rid of a spleen. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if it was just a spleen, I would say go for it. Spleen, appendix, what else don't you need? I don't know. I'm sure there's something in there you don't need. Gallbladder. Yeah. You don't need it, but it's nice to have that one. Yeah, especially if you throw hot sauce on all the things. Yeah, which I do. If I, I'll tell you right now, if they come <laughs> to me and say, uh, we're going to have to remove your gallbladder, I'm going to say, pull the plug. <laughs> 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 Sir, you're not on life support. Kill him. Just do it. Just end it. Stop it. Sir, you are perfectly healthy. We just got to take the gallbladder out. Nope. I can't live life that way. 
No more Hansos. No thanks. See ya. So what else we got on these BEKs? Well, what happens if you're nice to them? And let them in? Let them in. The ones with the with both black eyes. Oh. Not just not just half of them. I Sounds like scared. a weird good omen. Isn't there? You know, speaking of that, I mean, I guess we can kind of go on a little tan- tangent. Don't they call them Cerberus or Cherberus people? Where they have they have two different sets of DNA in one body. We'll probably get into this some other time. No, you never heard that. No. It's I think I think it's a case of the it w- the way the baby was forming and everything was happening was supposed to be a twin, but the one baby absorbed the other one. Not not a whole baby, but you know the peanut, whatever. Yeah. Teeny tiny bits that are forming. Just a, it's not even a fetus. It's it's just cells and stuff. Like the white shrew from the office. <laughs> he said He's he was supposed to be a twin. He absorbed his brother in the womb, and now he has the. He thinks it was a good thing because now he has the strength of a full grown man and a little baby. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure some people have two separate two separate DNAs in their body. That's interesting. Yeah. I never heard of that before. We should get into that sometime. Sometime. But Not now, we're, we're just talking we're... about the kids who have both eyes that are all black. Yes. And what happens if you are nice to them? Like this lovely couple. So, in January of 2016, a report appeared on the internet said to have come from an unnamed woman who had not only encountered black-eyed children, but made the mistake of allowing them into her home. According to this report, it was a decision that she believed would have lasting implications. The woman claimed to live in Vermont and told of how in the middle of a blizzard one evening around a year earlier, a loud knocking sounded at the door at the front door of the house she started with her she shared with her husband. Thinking that someone had been in a motor accident due to the weather, the woman went to answer the door. A quick look out of the window revealed footprints in the snow leading to the house, but there was no sign of a vehicle on the road. Now, a little unnerved, she awoke her husband. As the banging on the door continued, she went to answer it. Two children stood on the doorstep, a boy and a girl, looking to be around eight years old. The woman recalled that they were not dressed for the cold conditions outside, and she felt instantly unnerved by their presence. Despite her probable better judgment, she invited the two children inside. As she ushered the two children into the living room, She noticed how her cats appeared to be afraid of the visitors, one with one in particular hissing at him, at them, as they passed. She offered to make the pair a cup of cocoa to warm them up and recalled that whatever she asked them, their reply was always the same. Our parents will be here soon. She came into the room with two cups of cocoa, and as they looked up at her to take the drinks, she noticed with horror that their eyes, oh, that where their eyes should have been, were two jet black balls like giant pupils. As she stared at them, they both suddenly asked if they could use the bathroom. She tried to remain calm and directed them to it. A moment later, her husband's nose began to bleed, and then the power suddenly went out. As the woman attempted to make her way to get her husband a tissue, she noticed both children standing at the end of the hall, motionless and staring at her. My God. That... The Shining? Wasn't it in The Shining, the two girls at the end of the hall? Yeah, on the tricycles. Oh, God. No, he was on the tricycle. Oh, that's right. They were, that's right. They he, were standing. Uh-huh. Come play with us. Ooh. Anyway. Mm-hmm. 
They suddenly broke the silence and said, Our parents are here. Before opening the front door and making their way back out into the night, even stranger, as she went to close the door, she saw the children getting into a black car as two tall men, both dressed in suits, stood next to it. They, too, entered the vehicle and drove away. In the months following, the woman's husband was diagnosed with an aggressive form of skin cancer, and although she didn't go into specifics, stated that she also suddenly began to suffer from regular nosebleeds and described herself as being in the quote-unquote worst condition of her life. She is convinced that both her and her husband's ill health is connected to that snowy night when they allowed the two black-eyed children into their home. What? Hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. So their parents picked them up, but they were men in black? Yeah. What are we supposed to do with this information? What if they're all clones, dude? What if the men in black are... What if they're clones? What if the kids are clones? What if they're all clones by the government? Was... I'm not against that idea. I I could probably I could probably play with that idea. Well, what's the purpose of them just wandering into somebody's house and using the phone and and then making these people sick? Like we don't need these people anymore. So is it is it random? Is it a random occurrence, or they're just or or are these people targeted? They can't be know. too obvious. The men in black can't be too obvious. The the many men in black <laughs> can't be too obvious. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. So, hear me out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know how there's a lot of people who think the government, they're a bunch of, uh, they do satanic rituals, they're satanists, and... We may have mentioned that on a previous episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, what if the kids are demon, and they're tr- the government wants them, so they're seeing what form these demons can take that will allow i don't know so say they they summoned a demon the government somehow okay. at cern or whatever and <laughs> then they're like oh hey like all right cool you can help us take over the world and then they're like oh what should we transform into to help you like uh, i don't know try a little kid and they do and they're like yeah you're a little off the eyes are all black and but go out and see if you can get some info and see if we can take over the country with you guys didn't work there Men in Black picked them up and took them right back to old good old D.C. <laughs> this is in Vermont. Well, they, I mean, they got to try it everywhere. They can't just try it around the surrounding D.C. <laughs> I, suburbs. I guess. <laughs> so they summon these demons and just let them go about their business. And okay, I don't know. <laughs> just give just give us a call when when you get into somebody's house. Just give us a call. It seems like that's. I mean, it's a weird symbiotic relationship. I don't know what. The men in black would get out of it. Oh, they they work for the government. The men in black? Mm-hmm. Okay. Our government knows about them. By these little demons that are running around with black eyes in the shape of children? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all... It's all... <laughs> what is it? Overboard? Underboard? Yeah. Behind the board? No. It's on the floorboards? Something. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody say something about a surfboard? Above board? <laughs> Outboard? Inboard? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a little crazy. I have an account where it did not happen in the good old USFA. Are men of black in international society? I guess in the movies they are. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're here for Mother Earth. Oh talking about hollow earth stuff. Is that where they come from? Huh. <laughs> How'd they get there? You said, you said it, I didn't say it. Come you back. said it. Come back. Reel it back in. This is we're talking real shit here. Mm-hmm. Or, or in case. <laughs> 
We're talking real shit. Black eyed children. <laughs> All Kids. right. Go ahead. So this happened at about ten forty five on a warm night, again at nighttime. Eighteen year old Karis Holdsworth was walking to her apartment from a friend's house in Lisburn. Lisburn? Lisburn or Lisbum? Lisburn, a city in Northern Ireland near Belfast. Her apartment was in a bad section of town, and as she approached, she noticed two teenagers in hoodies and jeans standing in her yard with their backs to her. First of all, is there a bad part of Ireland? Is there a bad neighborhood in Ireland? Are you insinuating that they're all bad? No, this one says it's she. her apartment was in a bad section of town in Belfast, near Belfast. Oh, I mean, in Ireland, I assume you walk down the street, someone's going to fight you. That's Boston. It's also Ireland. <laughs> all the Irish want to fight all the time. <laughs> Is that why they're the Fighting Irish? Yes. <laughs> All right. Of course, she was immediately wary and put her hand in her purse to grab hold of her pepper spray. As she was sneaking around the corner, the two boys turned simultaneously to face her, which really freaked her out. She says she felt raw fear when she saw their faces. However, Karis had her pepper spray in her purse and she was still alert. She was still alert enough to defend herself should the boys approach, but they didn't. Instead, they seemed to be able to read her mind. No need for that. The older one spoke, calmly and maturely. We just want to borrow your phone, miss. Kara said they looked just like two normal boys until, that is, she saw their eyes. They were pitch black, no trace of white or people at all. She felt she was in terrible danger and had to get away. Running for her door and fumbling with her keys, the boys following close at her heels, the boys continued to ask to use the phone. Please, miss, my mother won't be happy if she doesn't know where we are. I wanted to obey them at first, considering that they were young, she said, but seeing their eyes took me away. I just had to get away from them both, and I knew if I obeyed them, I was going to seriously regret it. Karis managed to make it inside her apartment and lock the door. But just as she was about to sit down with a cup of coffee, there came a knock. When she ignored it, the knock came again, and she immediately felt a sense of overwhelming terror. When she peeped out the peephole, there they were, both boys staring at her. Just let us use the phone, he said. We won't hurt you. We have no weapons to hurt you with. Karis opened the door and ordered the BEC to leave her alone, locked everything up tight as a drum, and called a friend. When the friend arrived, the boys finally hightailed it out of there, but not before she, too, felt an overwhelming sense of danger. Karis soon moved to another neighborhood, but says, I always check through the peephole before I go to sleep, she said. I don't know exactly what those boys were, but I do know they meant me harm and that they weren't human in any way. I still get scared thinking about it. So that's two stories you've done. Where they say they don't have a weapon. Right. Why is that so important? Why Why do these kids need to say, we don't have a weapon, miss? Yeah, if I see an eight-year-old kid, I assume you don't have a weapon. Usually? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to tell me that. And if you do tell me that, then I assume you have a gun. Right. A butterfly so, knife, maybe some brass knuckles. So we're either giving these black-eyed kids, shadow, spawn, whatever these are. We're giving them tips right now, Elijah. I hope you know that. So if they're listening, they're like, hmm, so if we're well, eight, we probably don't need to say that. I, I mean, I know of a couple. couple a black co- eyes. kids? Yeah. Because you gave them black eyes? Talk no, shit? because I let them <laughs> in my house. They're upstairs right now. I told you, they're upstairs eating fluffernutter sandwiches right now. Uh-oh. So between the two of them, they have two black eyes. Yeah, so it's just one black-eyed kid, right? I don't know. <laughs> they were nice. I assumed one black eye, one white eye. A yin-yang. Oh. The balance of good and evil. So yep. they're neutral. That's why you gave them the fluffernutter. Yeah. But you left the crust on because the crust is evil. Yeah. The rest of it's good. Yeah, I said, you know what? I'll give it to you. 
because you're going to eat this damn crust. And don't let me come in here and see the crust laying on the plate <laughs> and the rest of the sandwich gone. Oh, hell no. Because then you're eating just crust, and I know you don't like crust at all. You definitely don't want to eat it by itself. Would that then feed Would that feed the evil inside, or would that feed the good inside? The crust? Yeah. I don't know. Isn't that an old Native American proverb? You have two wolves fighting inside of you, and the one you feed gets stronger. You ever hear that? No, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Them Native Americans, those indigenous peoples, them some smart peoples, ain't they? Yeah, hey, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Except, I mean, they believe in a Wendigo, uh, some of them. Apparently so do Canadian judges. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, uh, real quick before we go on to the the other story. In the one I read about the, the older couple, yeah, it says nothing about them asking to come in. It says she opened the door and invited them in. Oh, so she was just – she's just a kindly old woman inviting these kids in from the snow. Like, oh, man, these kids are in trouble. I got to help them out. So but she just – she just straight up invited them in. Is what I'm getting out of that. Do they have to ask permission, or as long as you allow them in, that's it? I think as long as you allow them in. Okay. Um. Look, I'm no B E K B E C expert here. You're not. I've seen the BBC a couple times. I like Doctor Who. I've never seen it. But don't Google BBC. You'll get something else. Yeah. Don't do that. Unless you put, like, your search results on, like, family or moderate. (laughs) Right. I wouldn't even duck-duck-go that. No. That's something else entirely. (laughs) Yes, sir. All right. So I think we're going to do two more accounts. Is that right? Two more? Yeah. So the one you have is quite interesting. Well, I mean, it's interesting in its own way because it's it's different than what we have been. The Marine. Yeah. I don't know if it's that much different. Maybe we have... Two different marine ones. I don't know. Maybe not. I'll read it and you yeah. let me know. So while based at Camp Lejeune, Lejeune, Lejeune in North Carolina, Lejeune in North Carolina. All right, so yeah. we get the same story then, right? <laughs> An unnamed U.S. Marine stated that in November of '09, he had a strange encounter with black-eyed children near the barracks where he lived. The anonymous witness stated that he was alone in his room one evening watching a movie when a knock came at his door. Expecting it to be his roommate, he had forgotten his key. The Marine opened it without hesitation. When he did, though, he was presented with the sight of two small children standing outside. As soon as he saw them, the man stated that he was filled with dread and had an impulse to slam the door shut as fast as he could. That was before he realized that both children had jet black eyes. So (laughs) before he noticed that, so he he just saw two kids, he had an impulse to slam the door. Before he noticed he had jet black eyes, and he was like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't slam the door. (laughs) It says, as soon as he saw them, the man stated that he was filled with dread and had an impulse to slam the door shut as fast as he could. That was before he realized that both children had jet black eyes. Oh, so then he got curious? Yeah, like it sounds like he saw two kids and he was like, but then he saw jet black eyes. He's like, hmm, interesting. (laughs) Like he right. was gonna slam the door shut, like right in front of these two little kids. That's an know. interesting take on it. <laughs> anyway, I wouldn't have spun it that way. I didn't spin it that way. <laughs> I, that's the way it's written. That's the way I took it. <laughs> but despite his fear, the marine asked the children what they wanted. To which they responded, all the while staring straight at him, that it was cold outside and they wanted to come inside and read. 
The Marines suddenly realized that no one else was within sight, and as the children took a step toward the room, he gave in to the impulse that was racing through him and shut the door quickly. The knocking continued for several minutes, in addition to a rattling coming from the window, before the noises stopped and the children appeared to be gone. The Marine made some idle inquiries the following morning, but the few people who had been on site during a strange encounter stated that they hadn't seen or heard anything strange. So that's... That's weird. That's the Marine. That's the Marine. That's what I got on the Marine. I don't know what you got on the Marine. Well, I didn't get it on the Marine. I mean, all the stuff I'm telling you guys comes from Liz first. Oh, I got I got a little bit more on that one. Actually, no, I don't. I have a, a different one of about um, a totally different Special Forces person. In the same place? No. Oh. This one was in... This guy was stationed in Texas, but he had the he had an encounter two different times with with what he feels is the same kid. Can you, read, can you read it real quick? Yeah. And then I have another one to read, which is all the way different than anything else we read. Yeah, all right. I like it. I'm a six foot seven, two hundred and sixty pound airman who was prior special forces. Wow, About brag a much? month. Huh? I said, wow, brag much? <laughs> I'm a big effer. So I'm a big dude, and there's these two little kids scared the shit out of me. <laughs> About a month ago, while stationed at a base in Texas that I will not disclose, I was up drinking a beer when I heard a knock on my dorm door. I got up out of bed thinking it was my piss mate. I don't know what a piss mate is. You got, what's a piss mate? Is it like a battle buddy? Uh, maybe. Like a battle buddy is somebody. They do everything. To... Everything together, yeah. I, it was in uh, the thing for next episode. The thing that we're listening oh, to? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, so he got up out of bed thinking it was his piss mate. And, and since we have Jack and Jill-styled bathrooms connecting our rooms, I opened our bathroom door and there was nothing. Being confused as hell, I heard their sharp rapping on my door again, so I look out my peephole. Now the hole, being quite settled halfway down the door, I had to bend down to look through it. Standing there in front of me was a boy who looked about 17 or 18 at the most. I asked, what's up? And he looked up with a smile that I can only describe as partially cruel and hungry looking. With a gaunt face, the boy asked me if he could use my phone. I said, sorry, bud. I'm about to go to sleep, so try the SP building across the parking lot. I closed the door thinking nothing of it. He knocked again, and I walked over to my window, this time to intimidate the boy into leaving me be. I pulled my blinds up and looked straight at him. He looked up at me. I'd say he was only 5'9", and about 140 pounds. Real gaunt, frail-looking guy. Believe me when I say I don't scare easily, but something about him made me feel uneasy as all hell. He looked up at me and asked if he could come in again, and then I saw his eyes. They were empty-looking coals, and a smile crept to his mouth. That same hungry, predatory smile, and I felt goosebumps on my legs and back. Something wasn't right. I said, I'm going to tell you one more time before I kick your ass to get lost. I turned around to get my phone and looked back, and he was gone. The only thing that I can't help but shake is the feeling that I'd seen him somewhere before. Uh, In Pennsylvania, two years before that night, I was working in a gas station. Late one night, I was working uh, 11-7 shift in late October, still in high school, when I saw him walk across the four-lane highway to our pumps and stare at me and my brother, who were outside smoking a cigarette. My brother yelled over to him, asking if he needed anything, and it was that same reply. He needed to use our phone. My brother told him it was behind the counter and he can't use it, but the kid kept on coming closer. We went inside and he stood in front of the shop glass and he just knocked for about five or so minutes. 
So my brother got a bat and went outside. He said the same thing I did, that the kid had a white face and black eyes. I'm un- uneasy about this. I shouldn't be terrified like this. That's the end of that. So, so the kid couldn't even come into the convenience store? Yeah, I don't know. And that's an irony, anyhow. So this guy threatened to kick the ass of a child. He's 18. He looked like he said he looked like he was 18. Oh, oh. Seventeen. I was going to say. Then his brother went out and chased a child away with a baseball bat. Well, so at I was that point, they were just like kid beaters. <laughs> at that point, that means the kid would have been 15 or 16 if <clears throat> two years later he looked like he was 17 or 18. If they age, they age or they don't. I'm saying if they do, then yeah, right. he would he would look two years, three years older. Maybe they don't age. That means that that means they are vampires if they don't age, right? Or maybe they age differently. Like maybe they're wearing a skin suit and they know how to. They like get the skin like steam. They get it dry cleaned and all that, <laughs> so it doesn't wear out in a washer and dryer. I I can just imagine that in a Men in Black movie. There's these just human skin suits just just put up on this rack, and all of a sudden they get steam cleaned. Shh. <laughs> Men in they black go spot. to another room and, and age them. They stretch them out a little bit. <laughs> Put a little stubble on them. It's <laughs> a little snug. I just got it cleaned. <laughs> got to stretch into it. We're gross. We are? No, they are. Oh. I said we, but now that I'm thinking about it, they are because they do it. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's real. Oh. Or do I? Believe in them. Well, they're going to get you. Or should it be the other way around? Oh, hang on. <laughs> There's some crazy stories. Yeah. But I wonder, so do they just come, do they teleport like Enderman or Slenderman? They have a nest somewhere? There's a nest of black-eyed kids, like children of the corn? Maybe they're just interdimensional, and they can just phase in and out, pop in here, pop out there. Like your Wi-Fi. Yeah. (laughs) Especially like mine. I pay all the money. I'm in the basement. Sometimes it cuts out. Who else is using it? Uh, everyone. Everybody. All the Black Eyed Kids. I, I mean, we have like 600 devices on it. That's why I had to upgrade. Because we have so many devices on it. You should take control of that, man. There's an app for that. I have now it. with Fios. I'll lock them out. Yeah, huh? Can't do it with Fios. On your router, dude. What? You can do it via your router. Well, next time you come to my house, you can show me. <laughs> well, we all need it. PS4, the Xbox, the Switch. iPad, my laptop, her laptop, the de- the desktop, my phone, her phone. It's Fios. It should be blazing for everybody. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> All right. Well, here's a story where maybe they do have some sort of place they go, some sort of nest. Ooh. Yeah. The following report comes from a woman named Jamelin who claims that one of her friends... One of her own friends was also suddenly stricken with an aggressive cancer after meeting the black-eyed children. She said she... I just read the weak and weird witness report from the woman who said she's dying after letting the black-eyed kids into her home. And I wanted to share a story about a very close friend who met up with these children and who is now dead. My friend took a road trip to see a friend near Arcata, California. They visited, said their goodbyes, and he stopped by a bar to have a drink before going to his hotel for the night. The bartender was a beautiful woman. My friend was extremely attractive, and she served him and chatted and smiled. After a few more drinks, the woman told him he could stay at her place. She said to leave his car there, and she would drive him back the next day, as her place was hard to find and somewhat remote. He took her up on it. He told me later that he began to feel... feel, No. 
he began to be very fearful when they arrived at her home. She took him to her room and, of course, the inevitable sex experience. He said that he was actually frightened of her then as well, as she was not acting normally and sounded almost inhuman in a way. After laying in bed for a while, the woman had fallen asleep and he got up to get water from the kitchen. As he was walking to the sink, he saw numerous small, frightening-looking children walking to and fro about the place. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. It's, uh-huh. It was a large two-story house. He wondered what they were doing up at 2 to 3 a.m. if they had school the next day. He also said that they looked at him with completely black eyes and was terrified of them, that he had a horrible feeling about them. Turns out the woman owned the bar, and she did return him the next day. She forced him out, and he had to walk to the highway. I met up with him a week or two later, and he seemed perfectly fine, but a little frazzled. But a month later, this extremely healthy, athletic individual was diagnosed with bladder cancer, and no medication or treatment would impact his condition. He believed it was directly related to that experience with the black-eyed children in Arcata. He died about six months after his diagnosis. So it was just these, uh, just a whole nest of like, black-eyed kids. And she was like the queen bee? I guess. But then she just was just a bartender. <laughs> she went about her business, but I, I don't know. So was it the first time she met this guy? And she's like, you know what? You're too drunk. Just leave the car here. Come home with me. Yeah. I'll eat your soul. <laughs> then tomorrow I'll take you back to your car. He He, he missed that part in the middle. It was you eat my you eat my what? Oh, uh, here, just prick your fingers, sign this contract in blood. <laughs> I'll bring you back tomorrow. No, maybe <laughs> that's probably what happened. He had, he had a little too much whiskey. <sighs> he like gets up to get water and just kids wandering just all over the place, surrounded by black-eyed kids. Did he not see the kids when he got there? Uh, I don't know. They went they went right to the bedroom apparently, and there was no pitter patter anywhere while they were pitter pattering. <laughs> he like got up to get water. It looked like uh, Kevin McAllister's family getting ready for their vacation. People, just, just people everywhere, around. just kids everywhere, <laughs> eating pizza and jumping on beds. And <laughs> like, what is going on here? Just this nest of them. So black eyed kids, are you gonna see any this Halloween night? Yeah, we probably we probably should have said that at the top of this episode, right? That the reason we decided to do it was because they're so. Like, they're really out there around Halloween. Is that when they are? Like, this time of year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The closer to Halloween you get, the more they're out. That fall, not quite winter solstice. I was going to say, but it was snowing in Vermont. But, I mean, it could be August and snow in Vermont. Yeah. Yeah, they can get snow early. I don't know about August, but, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, right now... My dad is on his way to Nebraska, and they're getting a winter storm, well, winter storm advisory. What? Yeah. So. Well, he's got a. Does he have? He doesn't go. He doesn't go through Wisconsin to get there, does he? No, he had a layover in North Carolina. What yeah. The so. Because of the flat <laughs> Earth, dude. Because of the flat Earth. <laughs> we we will do a flat Earth. Yes, it's yeah, coming. It, we got to get through this Halloween business first, but I. I think we did pretty good on on October spookiness. Yeah. I mean, the end of October really messed up my sleep, man, with the shadow people. <laughs> we won't do it next year unless... Well, we're not going to wait that long. But who knows? Maybe we'll have somebody on to talk about their experience with yon shadow people. Yeah. That was... Maybe... That was very interesting. Yes. Oh, 
was I going to say? Oh, snowing. It's so it's not even, it's not quite the end of October. And, well, he's a funny guy, so I'll give him a shout out. Vanilla Biscotti. Did you see his Instagram? When? <laughs> he said, I think he posted today, actually. He goes, well, this is Wisconsin, and there's already like an inch of snow in his yard. <laughs> My man's in Wisconsin? Yeah. All right. Now, hey, Vanilla Biscotti, when I come out to watch the Packers play, I'm going to stay at your house. I'm pretty sure if you go back through his videos between TikTok and Instagram, you could probably map his house out because I think he's been in every room. Oh, yeah? Just in the last two months. I'll take the couch. That's fine. Looks like he lives in a decent neighborhood, too. Anyway, he looks like a fun guy to hang out with. Yeah, he seems pretty fun. All right. Well, this is the last bonus episode that's going to be part of the regular feed. To get to the bonus episodes from now on, patreon.com slash bring on the weeder. $5 tier. It's worth and you it. go all, all the way up to the max tier. Holy crap. There's stuff to get. What is uh, the max tier? If you, if you go there, if you donate $25, I'll personally come to your house and sign your forehead. Um, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Slightly speechless. See, I was thinking like traveling expenses and. Like, if this person lives in Russia, it might take a minute to get there. When we go on our world tour. Then I'll sign your forehead. Bring on the weird world tour. Poof, that's got some, that's got a good ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> One of these days. One of these days. We're going to go to Antarctica during our world tour, and we're going to find out where the entrance to the Hollow Earth is. <sighs> you want to talk about the Hollow Earth? Look, we got Hollow Earth. We got Flat Earth. They say it can be the same thing. They say the flat earthers say it could be hollow. Sounds like know. an iceberg situation to me. Iceberg? Yeah. There's a little bit on top, but then you got this big old thing under it where it's all hollow. I mean, maybe it's a really thick, flat thing, but in the middle it's hollow. So it's, a, it's just a big ass cylinder. <laughs> it's like a like we, a we Twinkie. Live, we live in a beer can. A Twinkie? Yeah, like a Twinkie, but the cream is where, like, where you put the cream, maybe that's where the aliens live. And the mammoths. Holy crap. <laughs> We're getting so I'm far. I'm you, man, don't get me going. We need to save this for a little of this, little that, or a flat earth, or a hollow earth, or all the earths. All right. We should stop here. Yeah. This is supposed to be creepy. We're having too damn much fun. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. Watch out for the black-eyed kids today. And don't let them in. Tonight. <laughs> Stay weird, world. We'll see you guys. Have you checked on the children? <laughs>